Chapter Four of A Man of Honor by George Carey Eggleston. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Four. Mister Pagebrook learns something about the customs of the country. When our two young men reached the station at which they were to leave the cars, they found awaiting them there the lumbering old carriage which had been part of the Shirley establishment ever since Mr. Billy could remember. This vehicle was known to everybody in the neighborhood as the Shirley carriage, not because it was older or clumsier or uglier than its fellows, for indeed it was not, but merely because every carriage in a Virginia neighborhood is known to everybody quite as well as its owner is. To Mr. Robert Pagebrook, however, the vehicle presented itself as an antique and a curiosity. Its body was suspended by leathern straps which came out of some high semicircular springs at the back, and it was thus raised so far above the axles that one could enter it only by mounting quite a stairway of steps, which unfolded themselves from its interior. Swinging thus by its leathern straps, the great heavy carriage body really seemed to have no support at all, and Mr. Robert found it necessary to exercise all the faith there was in him in order to believe that to get inside of the vehicle was not a sure and speedy way of securing two or three broken bones. He got in, however, at his cousin's invitation, and soon discovered that, although the motion of the suspended carriage body closely resembled that of a fore-and-aft schooner in a gale, it was by no means unpleasant, as the worst that the roughest road could do was to make the vibratory motion a trifle more decided than usual in its nature. A jolt was simply impossible. As soon as he got his sea-legs on sufficiently to keep himself tolerably steady on his seat, Mr. Robb began to look at the country, or, more properly, to study the roadside, there being little else visible, so thickly grew the trees and underbrush on each side. "'How far must we drive before reaching Shirley?' he asked after a while, as the carriage stopped for the opening of a gate." "'About four miles now,' said his cousin. "'It's five miles, or nearly that, from the courthouse.' "'The courthouse? Where is that?' "'Oh, the village where we left the train. That's the courthouse.' "'Ah, you Virginians call a village a courthouse, do you?' "'Certainly, when it's the county seat, and ain't much else.' Now and then courthouses put on airs and call themselves names, but they don't often make much of it. There's Poetin Courthouse now, I believe it tried to get itself called Scottsville or something of that sort, but nobody knows it as anything but Poetin Courthouse. Our county seat has always been modest, and if it has any name, I never heard of it. "'That's one interesting custom of the country, at any rate. "'Pray, tell me, is it another of your customs "'to dispense wholly with public roads? "'I ask for information merely, "'and the question is suggested by the fact "'that we seem to have driven away from the courthouse "'by the private road which we are still following.' 
why this isn't a private road it's one of the principal public roads of the county how about these gates then asked robert as the negro boy who rode behind the carriage jumped down to open another well what about them why i never saw a gate across a public thoroughfare before do you really permit such things in virginia oh yes certainly it saves a great deal of fencing and the court never refuses permission to put up a gate in any reasonable place only the owner is bound to make it easy to open on horseback or as you would put it by a person riding on horseback you see i'm growing circumspect in my choice of words since i've been with you maybe you'll reform us all and make us talk tolerably good english before you go back if you do i'll give you some testimonials to your worth as a professor but about those gates billy i am all the more interested in them now that i know them as another custom of the country how do their owners keep them shut don't people leave them open pretty often never a virginian is always on honor so far as his neighbors are concerned and the man who would leave a neighbor's gate open might as well take to stealing at once for all the difference it would make in his social standing it was not only the gates but the general appearance of the road as well that astonished young pagebrook a public road consisting of a single carriage track with a grass plat on each side fringed with thick undergrowth and overhung by the branches of great trees was to him a novelty and a very pleasant novelty too in which he was greatly interested who lives there asked robert as a large house came into view that's the oaks cousin edwin's place and who is your cousin edwin my cousin edwin he's yours too i reckon cousin edwin pagebrook he is our second cousin or as the old ladies put it first cousin once removed pray tell me what a first cousin once removed is will you not billy i am wholly ignorant on the subject of cousinhood in its higher branches and as i understand that a good deal of stress is laid upon relationships of this sort in virginia i should like to inform myself in advance if possible i really don't know whether i can or not any of the old ladies will lay it all out to you illustrating it with their keys arranged like a genealogical tree i don't know much about it but i reckon i can make you understand this much as i have cousin edwin's case to go by it's a case in point as we lawyers say let's see cousin edwin's grandfather was our great-grandfather then his father was our grandfather's brother and that makes him first cousin to my mother and your father now i would call mother's first cousin my second cousin but the old ladies who pay a good deal of attention to these matters say not they say that my mother's or my father's first cousin is my first cousin once removed 
and his children are my second cousins and they prove it all too with their keys well then asked robert if that is so what is the exact relationship between cousin edwin's children and my father or your mother oh don't you bewilder me i told you i didn't know anything about it you must get some old lady to explain it with her keys and when she gets through you won't know who you are to save you that is encouraging certainly said mr robert oh it's no matter you're safe enough in calling everybody round here cousin if you're sure they ain't any closer kin the fact is all the best families here have intermarried so often that the relationships are all mixed up and we always claim kin when there is any ghost of a chance for it besides the pagebrooks are the biggest tadpoles in the puddle and so if they don't cousin all their kinfolks people think they're stuck up thank you billy but tell me am i being a pagebrook under any consequent obligation to consider myself a tadpole during my stay in virginia billy's only answer was a laugh now billy robert resumed tell me about the people of shirley i am sadly ignorant you understand and i do not wish to make mistakes begin at top and tell me how i shall call them all well there's father you will call him uncle carter of course he is colonel carter barksdale you know i knew his name was carter of course but i did not know he had ever been a military man a military man no he never was what made you think that why you called him colonel oh that's nothing you'll find every gentleman past middle age wearing some sort of title or other they call father colonel barksdale and cousin edwin major pagebrook though neither of them ever saw a tent that i know of ah another interesting custom of the country but pray go on well mother is aunt mary you know and then there's aunt catherine indeed who is she is she my aunt i really don't know let me see no i reckon not nor mine either for that matter i think she's father's fourth or fifth cousin with a remover to added possibly but you must call her aunt anyhow we all do and she'd never forgive you if you didn't you see she knew your father and i reckon he called her aunt it's a way we have here she is a maiden lady you understand and surely is her home you'll find somebody of that sort in nearly every house and they're a delightful sort of somebody too to have round she'll post you up on relationships she can use up a whole key basket full of keys and run em over by name backwards or forwards just as you please you needn't follow her though if you object to a headache 
all you've got to do is let her tell you about it and you say yes now and then she puts me through every week or so then there's cousin sudie my father's niece and ward she's been an orphan almost all her life and so she's always lived with us father is her guardian and he always calls her daughter you'll call her cousin sue of course then she is akin to me too is she of course she's father's own brother's child but billy your father is only my uncle by marriage and i do not understand how oh bother if you're going to count it up i reckon there ain't any real relationship but she's your cousin anyhow and you'll offend her if you refuse to own it call her cousin and be done with it being one of the large pagebrook tadpoles i suppose i must however in the case of a young lady i shall not find it difficult i dare say End of chapter 4